0: Well hello there. I really wanted to do the third podcast episode not in the car and not walking the dog around the park but it seems like I'm doing it in the car again. I will try my best not to ramble as much as I did the first time. The first episode, uh, which I did in the car, and I will have to record this in parts. But I will put some special, really posh music in between the parts when I join them together, so you can look forward to that. And I'm very late with doing this podcast. I initially thought I'd do one a week for four weeks, and it's been at least three weeks or something since the second podcast episode, maybe more. Partly because it never seemed to be the right time to do it. Partly because I think I wanted it to be better than the first two. You know, I wanted to research it more. I made it into more of a big deal, which is actually what I wanted not to do with this podcasty thing. I wanted it just to be easy and fluid and fit into my life like it is right now. I've got like ten minutes, seven minutes in the car. And I thought, well, look, I'll just start it now. And yeah, I think oh, it's really hard not to get distracted when you're driving and not to go um uh anyway yeah, this, this podcast episode I wanted to talk about body image, which is such a massive topic and there's so much I want to say about it. Maybe that's another reason why I've been putting it off. And I mentioned in the second podcast episode this book that I haven't actually finished reading. It's um a book that I downloaded, so I was reading it as an ebook on my phone. And I'm going to have to... Um, tell you the the name of it a bit later in this episode, but it is about body image and how it changes with age and how it's really hard for so many of us, women, I'm focusing on because I am a woman. And also because there's so, there is more of an image focus on women in the world, I think, and there is more of a focus on how women look as they age, and yeah, and I guess like in the last few years, I feel like I've really gone through big changes in body and face image. I mean, I think body image um, includes your face, but. It's, it's basically, you know, your perception of, well, a, a simple way of putting it, there's different types of body image, but it's, it's how you view yourself and how you look, your image of your body and your face and how you look. And yeah, I feel like in the last couple of years, I've gone through things which I think a lot of women go through. Based on me chatting to you know friends and and what um, this book was talking about and the book goes through lots of case studies of women who find it difficult in the period of transition in middle age basically and I'm 43 and that's middle age and well I'd have to look up the actual proper definition of middle age but Um, It's a period of transition. It's, you know, entering perimenopause, finished having kids. And this book is saying that, you know, lots of women revert back to behaviours that they used, helpful or unhelpful, behaviours that they used in their teens to cope with the period of transition then. So teenage years are a big period of transition. And then I think another big period of transition is um, perimenopause, middle age. And that's partly, you know, hormone related and partly looks related. I think they're, yeah, they're they're big periods of change with hormones and how you look. And, um, you know, some people in their teenage years... Might look to um, for attention from the opposite sex they might take drugs or alcohol or um, have disordered eating behaviors you know all in attempts to get validation or escape from the difficult period of transition that they're struggling with and um yeah it's 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 just fascinating I find the whole concept of body image in society particularly in women just fascinating partly because it's so close to home I grew up in um, an environment both more immediate and wider that had a large focus on how you looked and external appearance and placed value on that. And so the older I've gotten, the more I've struggled with that. Partly because I don't use my looks so much anymore as I used to. I'm not saying, you know, I'm a model and look amazing, but um, there was an element of... I looked, which was good enough, attractive enough, for example, to the opposite sex for me to um, attract males, whether, you know, yeah, at school and then later on. And I really, I really fell into focusing on that. And I re- you know, I, it really wasn't a good idea, but it but it happened. So I was single for a very long time after my, I had a, a boyfriend at school from, Age seventeen to twenty one or something, um, and then after that, I had you know over a decade of wanting to find somebody and be in love, and have a long time relationship and going about it the wrong way. So I thought I just would I I, I think there was a there was a big insecure hole in me, um, number one and. Number two, I would drink alcohol and go out, and drinking alcohol did not make me my best self, did not make me make good decisions. I would go out, I would focus on how I looked, I would focus on what I was wearing. I'd sometimes take so long to get ready, change outfits so many times. And I would, you know, get such gratification from catching a a boy stroke man's eye across the room um, I would you know my intent was to snog pash um, somebody with the longer term intent of being with that person and having that re- a long- term relationship long term loving relationship like I had had with my first boyfriend but when you're drunk and you know if you find someone physically attractive and you're drunk and then you end up having sex with them or whatever it's not really it's not really just putting your best foot forward and it's not something i wouldn't have had sex with people sober you know i really i really feel a lot of compassion for that younger version of myself you know i feel sorry that she did that because actually it wasn't helpful and it was, didn't make me happy. And, yeah, it, um, but yeah, so I, I really focused on my looks then and it's so it's been interesting to meet somebody uh, in my early 30s who I'm with now, a long-term partner like the father of my children and, and not have to focus so much on my looks in attracting someone because I've already got someone. I know, of course, you can still focus on your looks, and I still have to some extent, but it's really decreased, especially in the last few years. But it's actually increasing again, interestingly, which I'll talk about a bit more in a little while. But so in the last few years, um, you know, I guess I've I've felt old. Um, partly because of, for medical reasons, so I had three miscarriages, um, and then I was really sick with hyperemesis um, with my second, preg- my second child's pregnancy, which felt like my fault and a failure of my body, I think, and so I think I've related that to aging, even though that's not actually true, but the miscarriages are related to aging, and like, they increase in, in um, chance with, with age, unfortunately. So I think that just made me start thinking, oh my body's broken, you know. Um, my image of my body was like, oh it's it's just a bit broken and old. And then oh, a big pause here because I'm focusing on the cars as well as trying to talk and get this and talk about this really interesting topic and um, weaving my you know story into it. So yeah I started to feel broken with the miscarriages and the high promises um, and then I think I had I had a second child so I had my first child when I was 36 and then my second thankfully after the miscarriages managed to have another child, which was so wonderful oh after the, after the three was three after the three miscarriages we did an IVF round as well which failed and I think that also contributed to me feeling old and broken. Um, Yeah, and then got pregnant naturally, which was amazing, but was really sick, and that I just associated that with age, even though that's not true, as I said. So, then had a baby and a second child, and lots of stuff happened. Um, I mean, when you have a baby, lots of you will know that you are so tired if you're breastfeeding, um, hormones, like, you know, vaginally or not, like I had an emergency C-section, but, you know, had a, a big operation, you don't necessarily feel like intimacy with your partner, physical intimacy, you don't feel like having sex, you don't, yeah, feel sexual. Um, and, yeah, it's interesting, I guess like, for me it's not just been the fatigue and the uh, um, breastfeeding and stuff, it's also been a loss of confidence and positive body image. I've started to I started to view myself as just this old person who was too old for sex in a way. And you know, that's just really unhelpful and not true. Like I'm forty three, I can still enjoy sex. I'm still a sexual person, but I guess during the emergency C-section with my second child, I had my tubes tied, my fallopian tubes tied, and it was a last-minute decision. It was quite rushed. It's been quite stressful. I always wanted to have three kids, you know, and to have that taken away, I mean, I basically don't have a choice for having three kids because um, the miscarriages, the hyperemesis, everything, it was, you know, my my body and mind can't take any more. So my decision was made for me, really, but didn't mean it didn't, yeah, it hasn't come with grief and maybe I have, probably haven't processed it yet. I mean, I don't think I've processed the miscarriages, really, because I blame them for taking away my chance of having a third child. And then, therefore, I blame myself and my age, you know, and think, why did you start earlier? Why were you so stupid, you know, waiting so long to have a baby, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that's all unhelpful thinking, isn't it? And... Yeah, just, I think this, this book was also saying that women, it's so common for women to reach a certain age or stage and think, that's it, I'm not sexual anymore, and stop allowing themselves to feel sexual and to have sex. that amazingly professional music to link part one with part two I know I did I'm back in the car because that affords me some good alone talking time I mean it could be better because I could not have the distraction of driving, which makes me not be able to, you know, think as clearly as I would do if I was just sitting in a, in a, in a room with no noise or interruptions or distractions. But, you know, it gives a background to podcast, doesn't it? Hearing the indicator, imagining the drive. Hmm. So yeah, so I looked up the name and author of the book that I mentioned in part one of this podcast about body image and it's called Face It by Vivian Diller. And I'll put a link to the book down so you can access it and read it if you are so inclined, if you so desire. And, yeah, as I mentioned, I think I haven't finished it yet, but I've really enjoyed, um, you know, the bits of it that I've read and found it really relevant to me, really, to this period of transition that I feel that I'm going through as I become an older woman. Um, I was talking to a friend this morning about how, you know, She called it, I think, the male gaze. You know, when you notice that that stops or reduces, and that's hard. And it's just so interesting because, like, society and our loved ones potentially, you know, teach us that we we shouldn't focus on looks. We are so much more than looks. We are empowered, clever women who can do anything. And so that's the one, on the one hand. On the other hand, we are also taught never to age, always look beautiful, appearance really matters, you can only be successful if you're beautiful, blah, 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 you know. So it's really hard to navigate getting older and I think, yeah, a lot of people don't talk about it. A lot of women don't talk about the grief that they feel as they lose their youthful appearance. And I think the reason, part of the reason we don't talk about it is because we feel ashamed and guilty and embarrassed that we even feel grief about our change in appearance because it makes us feel superficial and vacuous, you know, and we don't want to be that. But, you know, we're expected, as I mentioned before, the, the on the one hand, the messages we receive um, are that the appearance really does matter and so of course we're going to grieve something that we've been taught gives us power. Um, yeah, it's just it's just really interesting. Like I, I took a photo yesterday at the gym of what I've been noticing recently when I've been doing exercise of oh, my beautiful legs, the skin of my beautiful legs being, you know, a little bit looser, wrinklier, saggier and i don't want to be like others i know or have seen or have heard i don't want to talk to my body like other people have and do i don't want to look at it with disgust and derision i think that's how you say that word um i want to look at it and think wow you know my body's changing like everything in life that changes and I'm so grateful for what it's done for me and what it continues to do for me. I am so grateful that I can go to the gym or I can do exercise, that I can move, you know? Although I hate the word grateful because it always makes me, I feel guilty whenever I say I'm grateful or I should be grateful whatever. I find the word thankful better, like less guilt-inducing because um, I just feel guilty that I'm, you know, that I can do exercise but someone else can't for example anyway but I'm slowly learning you know I'm so much kinder to my body these days and you know even though I probably have a semi-automatic reaction to aging which is disgust you know when I see the loose skin or whatever I mean actually I may as well mention the things that I've noticed so I've noticed looser skin you know on my legs I've noticed age spots you know like little freckly things on my hands I've noticed on my earlobes um, like lines wrinkles on my earlobes I've noticed um, my eyelids are getting more hangy I guess what else have I noticed um, I mean yeah it's 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 a gradual thing, isn't it, ageing? It doesn't just happen overnight. Uh, but I guess there are moments where you go, oh, goodness. It really is happening when there's quite a few things you notice. And I think, yeah, we have to allow ourselves to feel the feelings about it, which is loss and grief a lot of the time. And, like, I, I, um, I think... I think I had a really big focus on my image as a younger person because I felt like I was partly taught that by the world, um, that it really mattered. But I was also taught, as I mentioned, that it really didn't matter, you know. And so I probably, I really struggled with the fact that I did get a lot of my self-esteem from image, from the attention from boys that I mentioned in part one. Um, you know, people commenting on nice clothes, you look good or whatever. And and all of that definitely fueled the eating disorder that I developed in my teenage years. So my body image, my, my body dissatisfaction was an integral part of my... Um, eating disorder, bulimia. I you know, I subscribed to the ideal body. um, The slim toned female body ideal with the flat stomach etc, etc. And I place so much emphasis on attaining that body ideal. I place so much emphasis on how I looked. I remember thinking in my head, oh, once I've ticked these to-do boxes with my body, then I'll be done. And those to-do boxes included getting my teeth straightened, fixing my acne, getting liposuction on my stomach. You know, just, just really my body image was way too, was, was dissatisfied, I had body dissatisfaction and my the image of my body was way too, too tied up in my self esteem and happiness. And you know, we're all born with different genes and different potentials with what kind of body we can achieve with diet and exercise changes. Like some of us will never have, the female body ideal um, no matter what we do and like there's a choice there isn't it isn't there? you know you either choose to accept what you've got and make the best of it or not and what you know life is just so precious and beautiful why would you choose to not accept it I mean I chose to not accept it um, when I was younger but I'm so pleased and proud that I am choosing to accept it more and more I mean, it's going to be a continual process until the day I die to be self-loving and self-compassionate inside and out. I'll never be perfect. I don't know if anyone is, but I'm so, you know, I'm really on the journey. Journey. That's a bit of a word as well, isn't it? Like gratitude. Anyway, yeah, I really feel like I'm I'm on the way, you know. And anyway, so I think after having too much focus on how I looked when I was younger and the problems I went the other way and I was like I can't focus on it it doesn't matter and I wouldn't let myself focus on it much or have pride in my appearance or whatever and now I'm starting to realize that actually it's okay to care about how you look Um, you know partly how you feel on the inside does get reflected on the outside It's okay to care what clothes you wear. It's okay to care about how your body looks. It's, you know, it's understandable. We all wanna look our best and that can be at any age. And, you know, I'm just feeling so much better at the moment. Like it was literally only a week ago where I was like, I am gonna make more effort in my appearance because I'm allowed to. It's okay that I want to look good whatever good means to you and you know so I've started dressing differently I've been wearing more colors which are just bright brightening for the mood and it really does actually you know affect my mood if I dress differently if I dress in a colorful way in a confident way um you know I've just started taking more pride and care and I've really enjoyed it and you know it's really hard to If someone says, oh, I like your skirt, you know, my first reaction is, oh, don't take that on board. That's just so superficial and vain. But now I'm really trying to think, oh, thank you. Yeah, it is a fun skirt. Like, it's a tablecloth skirt. Um, I have a uh, skirt that's like a tablecloth with red and white checks, and I love it. Yeah, someone in the street commented the other day, I was like, I love your skirt. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, that's okay, isn't it? You know, as long as I'm not living my life um, waiting for compliments and it determines my happiness and self-esteem, then that's okay. Like, and same with selfies on Instagram. Like, it's okay to post a selfie and be like, oh, look, I look good. I, I like this outfit. What do you think? Or whatever. But, you know, I'm just, I'm a bit hyper aware of not doing that and not relying too much on like how many likes or comments I get you know like I really I just don't want to you know need um positive feedback about my appearance because I used to need it and I don't ever want to need it again and yet it's okay to take pleasure from positive feedback you know so it's just so fascinating it's all so fascinating And I think so many of us, we we just need to talk more about our experiences of changing appearance and, um, you know, how really you can, yeah, I, I don't even know how to finish this, but thanks so much for listening and please let me know if you have any thoughts or comments and... Lots and lots and lots of love. Goodbye.